you. What about this one for my nephew? A superb choice. Oh, great. Yeah, provided he has already read Infinite Crisis and 52 and is familiar with the reestablishment of the DC multiverse. Who am I? Cypher? The gayest X-Man? I recently read this novel called Watchmen. I've never read a comic book like this. I used to read Betty comics, but that's it. I've never read, like, real, real comic books. This worked my out. Excellent! Hello, hello, hello. This is Chris and Eric's Songbox Adventure. I'm Chris. And I am Eric. And this week we have something special. We are having a creator interview today. Specifically, we are going to be talking with Will Robson, the creator of the zombie series Outbreaks along with many other titles, has worked for various companies, Marvel, DC, and today, largely here to talk with us about his new creator-owned horror series. Hi, Will. Thank you for being here with us. Thank you very much for having me. I'm looking forward to this. We are too. Thank you. I suppose just to start off, for any listeners who aren't already aware would you like to go ahead and just give a quick little explanation of what Outbreaks is and how this Kickstarter process has worked for you? Sure. So I launched the first Kickstarter back in March. Yeah, March 1st. And it was my first ever Kickstarter. Um, you know, for the past 10 or so years, I've been working, well, I was working in independent comics for a while. And then in 2016 or 17, I broke into Marvel did marvel dc image all that stuff um but i was working as an artist and i just really wanted to be a writer as well and like you may break in as an artist but it's pretty hard to break in as a writer uh so i just started putting my own book together and that was outbreaks which was a a, a zombie comic i've been a huge zombie nut my whole life ever since i saw michael jackson's uh thriller music video as a as a kid and when everyone else was entertained by the dancing zombies, I was terrified. So it kind of scarred me for life, but in a good way. Um, so, yeah, I, I, but, I, you know, when it comes to zombie stuff, it's we've seen the, the classic survival story a million times, right? Like the outbreak happens, people have to survive and so on and so forth. That's been done. Robert Kirkman did that the best in The Walking Dead. But I always thought there was room for more interesting stories in Outbreak. I mean, sorry, in the zombie genre. Um, and that's what I tried to do with Outbreaks. You know, when you watch something like Black Mirror, where they take the theme of technology and they just do something different with each episode that seems fresh and new. I I, I love that. So I, I always thought that the zombie trope could be handled the same exact way. And that's what I'm trying to do in Outbreaks. So... I have a bunch of different stories in the first issue. We have a little story called Rotten Luck, and that's about two guys locked in the drunk tank at the beginning of the zombie apocalypse, and they got to figure out how to escape the jail cell or they'll be left for dead. And on the other side of the the jail cell is a bunch of zombies. So it's kind of like the Great Escape meets The Walking Dead, essentially. Uh, And then another story I have in it is called Dead Eye Dick, and that is kind of like a noir, Sin City-inspired, old-school sort of daredevilish superhero story about a World War II veteran who gets an experimental eye transplant after his eye was shot out during World War II. Uh, and little does he know that he, uh, a zombie's eye was put into his head and he starts to crave human flesh uh, and gain other super abilities due to the transplant. So that's what I'm trying to do with the book is just just try and take something classic and uh find new spins on it so uh september 1st i'm launching issue two uh and i'm really looking forward to that i got a great cover by alex cormack who i think is the best horror artist ever (laughs) i just love his work so much and yeah i'm really excited for it and if anybody missed out on the march 1st launch don't worry we're launching issues one and two with the next campaign excellent yeah you were kind enough to provide us with uh, PDF copies of issue one. So we've both read that and oh, thank great. you for that. So we've gotten to see how you kicked things off of those stories. I was curious to hear about um your history of zombies and it sounds like you got into them as a kid. 
I wasn't expecting the Thriller reference, but I love <laughs> that because that is an excellent video. Yeah, I, I think I was like four or five years old when it was on TV. And I remember just running around my mate's house as, as a child playing superheroes or whatever we were doing. And I just stopped sort of watching this music video. And it wasn't it wasn't really the, the zombies dancing that, that was scary. It was um, at, towards the end of the music video, the date that he takes to the movie, she runs into this abandoned house and all the zombies burst through the windows and doors and they eventually surround her to obviously eat her. And as a child, I was like, well, that's the scariest thing I've ever seen. But I also had other deep fears as a child as well, because I saw a double feature late one night when I shouldn't have been up staying late watching a double feature. And it was Jaws followed by The Exorcist. So I also have a deep fear of sharks and uh, demonic possession as well. <laughs> Should we expect a zombie shark story in a future issue of Outbreaks? Oh, you know what? That's a great idea. And I would. Yes. Yes, you will expect that now, because that sounds great. Wonderful both talking to you and reading through the issue issue number one i think what's most immediately clear is just how much you love this subject matter you know um of zombies of just how clear it is that you're just really into it and i think that's always really important you know as a reader just being able to clearly tell how much the creator loves what they're doing and with the Kickstarter nature of it as an independent comic, of course, it is a passion project. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, I don't make any money off of the book, right? Like, I I wrote the thing. I lettered the whole book. I wrote and drew uh, the backup story and colored a, a bunch of it as well. Uh, I, I haven't seen a dime from that because that's that's not what interests me. It, it's... The reason I went to Kickstarter was to be able to pay uh, for the colorist I wanted for the book and to be able to pay for the book to be printed. And before I even went to Kickstarter, I out of my own money, I paid uh, for Monica McCagney, who's an amazing Italian artist, to draw all three issues of, well, the, the story arc of Rotten Luck, all uh, three parts of that. So I'm not in, I'm not in this to try and to try and make money. Look, down the road, of course, if I can do that, great. But this is just a passion project. Like I, I'm really happy you what you said what you just said because yeah, I just love zombies. <laughs> I'm just a zombie nut, and I just love, uh, no pun intended, digesting any zombie material. Um, and, th and this is my love letter to to that genre. And I, I plan to do this book hopefully for the rest of my life because if the goal is not to make money, it's just to tell stories in this genre, then I can do that forever. I certainly hope that you are able to do that. My impression is that so far Kickstarter has been going pretty successfully for you. Yeah. Um, and that issue one got funded. The fact that at least went well enough that you're pushing forward with issue two. Am I correct to say that that Kickstarter has been a pretty successful funding platform for you so far? Yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, we actually got overfunded, which is amazing. Um, I th I think I requested three thousand British pounds, and we made four thousand two or three hundred. So, and I'm look, I'm lucky we got overfunded because uh, my budgeting wasn't the best. So th there were some hidden costs and fees of printing and postage, etc. So I'm glad the extra money was there, but there's still some left over, and that's not to put in my pocket. That's to keep investing in the book and. It's the reason why I was able to get Alex Cormack on the cover for the second issue. And for issue three, which I'm launching in March, if obviously issue two gets funded in September, uh, I've booked, I can't say exactly who it is yet because um, I don't want to spoil that. But basically I've booked the co-creator of my favorite zombie story of all time to draw the cover. So, and that's all thanks to people. That's all thanks to people backing the book because they, they were able to give me the extra funds to, to make, the product more exciting which is just it's just great i love it I, I love it so much i really do i got the print copies the other day uh because i had some printing issues so it was a bit delayed um but just seeing the book in print is just so freaking cool i love it so much now we can't ask what your favorite zombie story is because of the spoilers <laughs> uh what do you mean like movie or just story in general uh well i, I was gonna ask your favorite 
zombie story in general, but now it'll uh, it'll spoil the artist, so um we'll avoid that one. <laughs> yeah, right. Um well okay, well I'll break this answer up so that people don't know exactly what I'm talking about. My favorite zombie movie is Day of the Dead by George A. Romero. And that's the 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 final film in his I guess trilogy, even though Land of the Dead and all of his other zombie movies are kind of part of that. But he made Nine of Living Dead, Day, uh, Dawn of the Dead, and Day of the Dead. And I feel like Day of the Dead is super underrated. It's just such a good movie. Uh, it's it's my favorite zombie movie. A lot of people say, oh, some of the acting is over the top. And yeah, I can see what they're talking about. But just in terms of practical effects, Tom Savini's on there. Greg Nicotero, who eventually went on to uh, be the uh, showrunner for The Walking Dead. Um, and there's so many things that were established in that film, like the removal of limbs once someone's been bitten. Like, can that stop the bite? And just just so much other great stuff is made in that film. And I love that film so much. Um, in terms of comics, you know, it may sound a bit basic, but The Walking Dead, I started reading, that book came out in 2003. I started reading it when I was 15 in 2005. And for a little zombie nut like me, it was the best book I'd ever read. And I still really love that book today. Uh, and then in terms of just other stories, uh, I love the book by, uh, I think it's Max Brooks is his name, uh, World War Z. That's a great book. And also his zombie survival guide. And there's a short story in uh, World War Z called The Battle of Yonkers. And I just, I love that story so much. So if you know what I'm talking about, I don't want to spoil it for you. I, I just recommend going out and reading that book. And it's nothing like the Brad Pitt film. I know a lot of people don't like that movie. I enjoyed that movie, but a lot of people dislike the uh, the World War Z film. But I, I thought it was fine for what it was. So there you go. There's my blanket answer to cover cover my butt on <laughs> on who I've hired. I remember a lot of friends complaining about that movie when it came out. So <laughs> yeah, a lot of people didn't like it. But and and look, I went into that film with my arms crossed and like. At the time, I was like, uh, I just graduated from film school, so I was I was a bit like sniff your own farts if you know what I mean about films and stuff. Like I just studied Alfred Hitchcock. I'm not gonna like this pathetic attempt at an adaptation of a classic zombie book. So I, I went in with my arms crossed, and I actually ended up having a great time. So I can't I can't uh, say anything bad about that film. I had the exact same phase when I came out of film school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you went to film school as well. Yeah. Oh, nice. Where'd you go? Uh, well, VCU, but I I did the cinema program there. What's VCU? What, what's that? What's that? Oh, for? yeah, you're right. You're in Britain, <laughs> uh, Virginia Commonwealth University. Oh, nice. Uh, I'm so I, used I, to people knowing. Well, I, I also I did do I went to Burlington College in America because I actually lived in America for, from 1997 to. 2010 so a lot of my upbringing was was in america um but you your your accent doesn't sound american then i'm not i'm from britain i'm scottish oh, originally yep <laughs> you're scottish originally wow okay i've been here long enough that you can't tell but yeah <laughs> no there's definitely a twang in there though well i always get since i lived in america and england i always get people saying uh i'm australian because i think it's just the blend sounds like that and it's I get that not just me well. okay good it's not just me no no i honestly i thought you were from new zealand when i first heard you speaking. <laughs> <laughs> uh to bring the topic back you mentioned some of your co-creators a few minutes ago when you're describing the comic, I was curious to ask how you went about finding and recruiting co-creators, whether it be like your fellow artists and colorists or like the variant and cover artists and stuff like that. I was curious how you went about finding co-creators for this project. So when it came to Monica, uh, Monica McCagney, who drew uh, Rotten Lock, which is the main story in Outbreaks Issue 1. Uh, what I did was, at the time, I was I was working for Marvel, and I knew I wanted to make this book, and I'd written the script, and I, and I was planning on drawing it, but you know, working for Marvel is a full-time job. you got to hit those deadlines, and you're working 10 to 14-hour days drawing Marvel comics. So I was like, there's no way 
I if I want to get this done, I'm not going to be able to do it. So what I did was I was like, all right, well, let me let me look on Kickstarter and see what artists there are. And I, I started looking at anthology series and you could see all the artists listed and you could see samples of their work. It's a great like sort of CV or resume to hire talent that you know that would potentially accept working with you or might be available to do the work. So I randomly discovered Monica through someone else's Kickstarter. I loved her work. I thought she'd be perfect for the story and I contacted her and and she she was very happy to do it and she was so great like she honestly like she drew the all three parts of her story in a couple months and I was so impressed. Um and yeah, so I was really happy with that and then and then I sat on the project for a while because I started coloring it myself first. But it looked amateur and I did a first lettering pass but I didn't know how to letter at the time. So I just let the book sit as I sort of gained skills and learned how to do things. Uh, so I was able to retackle it. Um, but I decided, look, if I'm going to go to Kickstarter, I want the book to look professional. I want it to be the product that I envisioned in my head. And if I'm coloring it with my limited skills, then it's it's just not going to be the quality that I would that it deserves, really. So I contacted a buddy of mine called Cyril Vincent, who's a French. Uh, colorist he's worked on some assassin creed stuff and numerous french products i don't know if you guys know anything about the french comic industry but it's booming and my god that art is incredible people love comics in france and these comics are just tailored to the audience and it's probably some of the best coloring you'll see on the planet besides italy because italy also produces a lot of good com uh, comic book art um so i've known him for a long time We've done some prints together, some some little things. We nearly worked together on a few other projects. So I was like, what's your rate? He gave it to me. So I was like, right, that's what I'm going to set my budget to so I can get you paid. And I paid for him to color the first sort of five pages of uh, Monica's work. And I put it up on the Kickstarter. And, and that was that. And like, yeah, the covers that I've done in the book are a bunch of sort of Todd McFarlane homages because... Tom McFarlane was my favorite comic book artist as a kid. I was lucky enough to work with him when we did a Spawn book together, which was just a childhood dream come true. I even talked on the, on the phone with him, and it was just like the best part of my career ever. Just like being in the conversation and creating a book with your, your absolute hero was just insane. Um, so I, I've always liked to do McFarlane homages to sort of stay true to uh, the little kid in me that loved comic books as a kid. And the, like, if I was like, if I went back to myself as a child and said, what would you like me to draw? It would just, I know my inner child would just say anything McFarlane. So, so that's why I try and keep that up. And then, and then on issue two, the, the cover for that, Alex Cormack, that's just because I knew him. I mean, he, we've never actually worked together, but we've always known each other because we've worked with a lot of the same people. Um, so I finally just said, Hey, I just think you'd be awesome for this cover. And he said, yep, that premise sounds great because I sent him the premise of it's a bunch of zombies sitting in movie theater eating popcorn and sweets and sipping on sodas, except instead of all that stuff, it's human body parts that they're consuming. And he did it. And then I colored up his cover, which he really liked. And yeah, that's uh, that's how it works. I mean, it's it's just basically doing your research and, and finding out uh, who would, would like to do what. I got to say, I really love all the homage covers. It reminds me of the... Um... The covers they used to do on Marvel Zombies. Oh, thank you. Oh my god, I would love to work on Marvel Zombies. I know they're doing a zombie thing right now. I, I contacted their offices like, hey, just let you know, I'm available. Like, I am the zombie <laughs> guy. Please, if you ever have anything in the future, hire me. And they said, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll look into that. So hopefully something like that will happen. That would be great, yeah. We also wanted to comment on the... um. I told Chris before I'm terrible at the French. Um, Chris, how do you pronounce this character's name? The Maitre Z. Yeah, the Maitre Z. Yeah. Yeah, we were um, curious to talk about him, and we got the impression that it had a very like Crypt Keeper influence. I guess. Yeah. Just to confirm if we were right about that. Yeah, you're a hundred percent right. I mean, it, it's my love letter to EC Comics. Uh, all those old horror comics from the the fifties—they always had different hosts, 
and it, it's just something fun to introduce the stories and because you know coming from film school and being a film you know super fan i wanted to make these short stories seem like they were uh movies in a sense or just even short films so i wanted them to be sort of like they were playing in a theater and i was like well there's, there's no such thing as a, a movie theater playing movies in the zombie apocalypse unless a zombie is playing them. <laughs> so that's when I came up with the Maitre Z, which is obviously a play on the Maitre D. And he's just basically your ticket master, your host of all of Outbreaks. He's uh, your uh, undeadly but friendly host. And yeah, com complete play on Crypt Creeper and all that type of stuff. I'd recently been working on um, the Joker, the man who stopped laughing over at DC. And I love the joke. He's my favorite villain of all time. So the Matrix Z's design is sort of based heavily off of the Joker. But his hair is sort of based off of the clown from Spawn. And I just thought he was a bit of a cheeky chappy, as, as we say in England. And uh, I just thought he was a bit of a fun way to sort of have me put more of my own art into the book, create a bit more of a brand recognition with something. Because, you know, when you're doing a bunch of short stories, it might be hard for an audience to understand this is all under the same banner. It's why I, I make him wear this badge, which I call the emoji, uh, which is a play on emojis. And it's uh, this little zombie face, which is pretty much my icon across all social media, because I'm just trying to create brand recognition that, hey, look at me, I'm the zombie guy. You know what I'm saying? Totally, yeah. It helps too, I think, to sort of add that little like signifier of continuity in an anthology series like this i think it's already succeeding and sort of adding that little bit of connection between the couple different stories that we have that you've already started yeah exactly and he may not be you know there may be other hosts in the future i've had i've had plans um to do a, a valentine's day special with more of a a different character that's more of a fortune teller as your host. And then also uh, I would love to do it. Look, I'm a Christmas nut as well. Besides zombies, I love Christmas. So I really want to do a Christmas special. So I was thinking of having the Matrix host sort of like, you know, the classic, uh, you know, uh, Dean Martin Christmas special style uh, events, but inside a comic book, I thought that'd be a lot of fun. Look, I'm just making this book for me at the end of the day. If people like it, awesome but i'm really just entertaining myself and i couldn't be happier with the entertainment i think that's the way to do it yeah like you know just as an artist it's important to do what you want to do and i hope that this continues to keep finding the audience and the support for it so you can keep on doing it with regards to different types of zombie stories and the sort of variety of genres at play and just also the variety of sort of different tones of zombie media before this. My impression from like reading the Kickstarter materials and the issue number one and everything is that you essentially want to be free to sort of play around with zombies and any sort of context and tone that you're able to would that be fair to say like it seems very much like oh let me play around with noir and then with comedy and just sort of embrace zombies in every sort of different style Abs that's the whole goal of the book i mean future stories planned like uh, uh i work a lot with my brother as well we co-host a, a podcast of our own called uh, Batman the Animated Series podcast and he's sort of written a couple of stories with me like we have a zombie courtroom drama that we really want to do <laughs> which is actually really really fun um, he's written a whole story that's uh, kind of like Homeward Bound but in the zombie apocalypse called Dog of the Dead and that's a really fun story as well and uh, again it's like I, I, I just don't want to do like this is a group of survivors. Oh no, it's the outbreak and, and a couple of them have died, but they're just trying to live. That's boring to me. It's been done. It's been done really well. And I, I can't see that type of story ever being done right ever again. You need a hook now. You need something, a, a twist or something like that. 
to keep me interested. Like I've watched sadly every Walking Dead spin-off because I love zombies and you know they're all terrible. <laughs> I mean, well, Fear the Walking Dead's okay, but uh, you know, I I I'm more of a fan of the main series and I just think um as I said, there's so much room for new zombie content. And I know there's other people out there that are like me that and just enjoy zombies. I mean, my god, The Walking Dead was like the biggest show on TV at one point. Look at the video games. Resident Evil is one of the biggest franchises of all time. Um, and uh, comics, The Walking Dead, that was selling hundreds of thousands of copies. People love zombies. And I know a lot of people thought that they were a phase. Like, ah, the, the way they talk about vampires as well. Like, ah, you know, True Blood and all that stuff. That That's all done now. And it's like, yeah, that's true. I think a lot of people did create content to play on people's interests at the time. But I love zombies. Like, like this is not a phase for me. I was really happy when zombies became a part of mainstream pop culture because I got to ingest a lot of mainstream content that had to do with my favorite uh, subgenre of all time. So, I, I, I look. I, I just want to. I just want to play, read, and watch as much zombie content as possible. And I've seen a million zombie movies. I'm talking. Deep, 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 deep cuts. I've seen all the the crap ones and all the great ones. Same as Christmas movies as well. I'm a Christmas nut, so I've watched a lot of Hallmark specials that were terrible, but I watched it because of Christmas. So, in all of those, what like type of zombie is your favorite? You know, like you've got the sort of classic slow walkers, like the ones in Rotten Luck, and then you've got stuff like Twenty Eight Days Later with like the fast running zombies. Is there any that like really grab you more than any of the others? absolutely it's the slow ones i think that they are far scarier than the fast running ones because look if the world if the zombie outbreak happened and it was fast running zombies we'd all be done for like a hundred percent there's no stopping them i mean look in world war z they're they're practically a wave like and they're gonna reach you on the top floor no matter what i think if that happened i would just go outside my front door put my hands in the air and just let a zombie take me because there's no point but the funny thing about slow-moving zombies is that they kind of give you hope because you think, oh, I could take these guys, or one or two of them. Like, I could survive this. I could get through this. Um, but eventually, you know, they, they get you. And the, the something I really love about... Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, what's the guy the guy's name that directed um, Shaun of the Dead? Edgar Ed, Wright. Edgar Wright. I was going to bring up Shaun of the Dead, actually, yeah. Oh, I love Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love Shaun of the Dead. Uh, Edgar Wright said in an interview, like, what do you prefer, fast-moving zombies or slow ones? And he said slow because they're like lava. They're going to get you eventually, and when they do, it's going to be painful. And I 100% agree with that statement. I'm like, that's so true. And it's funny because my wife actually, she's not a zombie nut, but she, she entertains me by watching all this content. And... and She's always said, oh, the fast moving ones are the scariest because, you know, they're, they're running at you and they're going to eat you. And then I always, we were, I've made her watch so much zombie stuff. And even just the other day, she said to me, do you know what? I've changed my mind. The slow ones are scarier because I forgot. What, I think we were just watching, honestly, an episode of Fear the Walking Dead, which isn't, isn't even like a classic. But there was just a scene where someone's just walking and just down the hallway is about six slow moving zombies. And I think it finally clicked in the head like that's scarier than something running full pace at you is is just that impending doom that's coming it sort of allows for dread to build in a way that like the faster ones don't because like if they're slow they're still a fret but sort of that elongated waiting time can just sort of make it all the worse yeah i think you nailed it on the head when you use the word dread there they are just Dread. I mean, a Day of the Dead, I don't want to spoil it for anybody who might be watching it, but the ending, a lot of people get ripped apart slowly by zombies. And that's the thing about slow zombies is if, if you're suddenly surrounded by a hundred of them, they're going to rip you apart and really slowly, it's going to be awful. Like, fast-moving zombies, they'll probably run in and bite your throat out and then move on and then you're a zombie, like, super quick. Like, that, that's a pretty good turnaround. But yeah, slow, it's it's not going to be a good time. This isn't really a question so much as just a couple comments, but while we're on air, I did want to just take a minute to 
compliment you and your co-creators like with regards to rotten luck monica's artwork just has like such an energy to it that i think is a lot of fun it's a style that hits within my wheelhouse of like what i just enjoy aesthetically and i think the action flows really nicely and then also in uh dead eye dick these opening pages i think you do just a really good job atmospherically you know with just like the lovely like rain and just all of the storm going on in the background the really bold coloration your line work is very nice it's very clean and sharp it's just really fun to look at you know and yeah that's not really a question i just wanted while we have you on air to just take a moment to give you your props and just compliment you on accomplishing what you've been setting out to do well i i can't thank you enough i mean i 100 percent agree with you on monica's work i mean yeah she's got super energy like the way stuff flows everything's bouncy and cartoony but in such a fun way but she's also really good at horror as well like there's a character that gets eaten by zombies at one point and it's gruesome right like it's even though it's cartoony artwork it's it's still uh full of yeah just absolute gore so she's great so i I really appreciate that and what you said about my work is honestly one of the nicest things anybody's ever said to me so thank you so much because everything you said is exactly what i was trying to do so i appreciate that very much it all works perfectly for the tone of the story as well sorry (laughs) sorry but yeah i agree with what chris just said yeah you're welcome and it's our pleasure to get to talk to you thank you guys um this is going beyond the zombie talk but as i followed your twitter over the last couple weeks since we first went about setting this up i know you've also announced some more upcoming work did you want to talk at all or take a minute to promote and tell people about uh between the devil and the deep blue sea yeah, I'm happy happy to talk about that. I can't <laughs> I can't legally say a lot about how it went down, but I'm happy to talk about it. Essentially, my impression is that a contract fell through elsewhere, but that you'll be crowdfunding this one soon, similarly to how you did outbreaks. Yeah, so I was uh for the past few months, I've been full-time working at IDW on my creator-owned book that we've been uh, making and putting together for a couple of years because, and when I say a couple of years, I don't mean I was like working on it every single day. I mean, it was a slow process to get the book approved and script changes and this, that, and the other. Also, the script had to change because there was other stories out in the comic book world that were similar or maybe they were releasing a book that was similar, so I had to wait until that book had passed. Like A lot of people don't understand how slow the comic book industry can work sometimes uh so when the book was finally greenlit it was amazing and this was sort of early summer i guess in uh june i think and i was so happy and and i wrote two and a half issues and true five pages and, and i was really flowing and then randomly i think it was last monday just before i was going to bed i was just checking my emails at about 11 p.m uk time and I got an email that just said, hey, I'm really sorry, but your book's been canceled. We're doing a reshuffle here at IW. You retain the rights and best of luck. And it just was a real punch in the gut uh, and really upset me. Um, so I went to Twitter and I just said, well, this sucks. My book's been canceled and I'm really upset. This is a, a huge opportunity for me. And when I said this was a huge opportunity, it's like, yeah. I may have been working for Marvel and DC and Image and working with Tom McFarlane and all this crazy awesome stuff, but Between the Devil and Deep Blue Sea was an approved script of mine by a huge comic book company, and it was a chance for me to show the direct market, hey, I'm a writer, I'm a serious writer, you should hire me for more gigs, or maybe pay attention to some other gigs that I'll do in the future, maybe read Outbreaks, etc., 
Um, so having that cancel was like, oh my God, all that hard work I did to try and get the book through to the company, tailor it to the company. You know, it, it really sucked. So I was super happy about people uh, responding to it with absolute positivity. I had a ton of people reach out from other companies saying, hey, we'll pick up your book because I think my post got a lot of traction. And I met with a few companies and I heard what they had to say. Uh, but it wasn't until I had a meeting with Zoop, which I know not a lot of people know, but it's this new crowdfunding company that basically is the same as Kickstarter, but they take over a lot of other parts where they do full marketing for you, full promotion, uh, printing of the book, uh, building the campaign, etc. So really the whole thing is basically like, hey, are you a creator that just wants to focus on creating, then you, this is the, the platform for you. Um, and I just liked the meeting that I had with them. They talked about like, look, you've got momentum on your social media post, So maybe we can actually get your book greenlit and and we don't take any of the IP. You own 100% of the IP because when it was with IDW, like we had a, a deal where they took a percentage of the IP. And that's because they were fronting the bill for me to work. Uh, and make a living off whilst I was creating the book. But also, you know, the great thing about IDW is they, they've got a direct line to Hollywood, right? Like they, they are looking to turn your creator and project into a film or a television series. So that was one of the big reasons why I was super gutted about losing it there because, you know, the opportunity for something of mine to be adapted into my favorite medium, which is, which is film and television is just, that's, that's the stuff of dreams, right? Like, it's crazy. So for that to be all taken away after spending so many years trying to get the book off the ground, it was just, man, I spent a couple of days in bed and just, oh, it was terrible. But look, people people reacted to the post. They loved it. Um, so I wanted to strike while the iron was hot. Carpe diem, as they say. So I went with Zoop. We've launched our pre-launch page for Between the Devil and the Deep Blue Sea. Uh, so I don't know when we're going to launch the book. Probably... Because the thing was, I said to them was, look, I've got Outbreaks launching September 1st, issue two. I don't want that project to be overshadowed by this one because Outbreaks is my passion project. It's my baby. I don't want to suddenly be like, hey, look at me over here. I'm launching this book that got canceled by IDW because I'm in tons of news articles, etc. I wasn't interested in that. So I was like, let me handle this first and then we'll move on to this book. So that that's the plan right now is when the pre-launch page is live. If you want to go check it out, Go to zoop, Z-O-O-P dot G-G. Uh, you should see coming soon between the devil and the deep blue sea. There's a pre-launch page. Just sign up and it will let you know when we go live. And look, between the devil and the deep blue sea is an awesome book. That book is my love letter to other things that scared me as a child, which was Resident Evil, The Exorcist, Jaws. It's all of those things wrapped up into one psychological horror story about people trapped deep, deep, deep in the ocean. Uh, and they start, you know, the story, I'll, I'll give you the quick elevator pitch, basically. It's about a group of people that are assigned to clear, clean up the ocean of all of its man-made waste uh, so that they, they head down, deep down into this, this facility and they start recycling the materials. They work a full long month shift and they're waiting for the replacement crew to come in and the replacement crew mysteriously is all killed. Uh, and their ship crashes into the facility and the facility is going to lose power in an hour. So they're going to go dark at the deepest point in the ocean in an hour. Could you imagine how frightening that would be? <laughs> For me personally, that's like the scariest thing. Uh, so what happens is uh, people, the crash causes a lot of problems. There's a hydrogen leak, uh, which means that something is coming into their airstream that could be, causing them to hallucinate or not hallucinate. A lot of people claim that there's monsters attacking them and hunting them one by one. There's ghosts. There's there's horrors from people's past. Like it's it's a real, it's it's kind of like Inception meets Resident Evil is the way I would, would say it. So I, I love that story. And, and like, like I have nothing bad to say about IW, right? Like I love their company. I love the books they made. I wrote and drew a, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles book for them, and that was an awesome opportunity for me. And working with my editors on this book was a dream because I just think they're so talented. 
and they always get the best out of my work. The other thing I want to say by is just who, you know, it, it, it was a bit, you know, it's the old age old saying, right? It's not personal, it's business. And, and that's what I got. So that sucks. And I am mad, but I'm not mad at, you know, my editors or anybody IW. I'm just mad that I was put in this situation because look, I, I didn't even know that my book could just be taken away. Right. Like I signed a contract to make this comic. I spent years making this pitch so that it would be approved. And you, you know, you don't get paid for that work. That's, that's work you have to do in your own time to do these pitches and get them through different la layers of approval. So yeah, it, it really sucked and it was blindsided me and, and it made me cross, but uh, I'm, I'm trying to bounce back from it and I, and I have no ill wishes towards anybody there. I'm sorry you had to go through the, just the difficulty of that situation, but I'm glad that you've already found a platform for, getting the book out there and i'm definitely very interested in the pitch and i will be excited to get to check the comic out when it's available well thank you very much yeah um and as i said look I'm, it's not like it was just my book that was canceled tons of other creators got their books canceled as well and some amazingly talented talented people out there skylar patridge she got her book canceled and i think she's one of the best horror artists in the world and a great wonder woman artist as well so it was just it was just real bad luck for a lot of people um and i'm just trying to i'm trying to take that situation and and turn it into a positive because the nice thing about zoop as well is it's not like zoop is publishing the book i'm publishing the book it's being published by speech comics which is my company the same company that makes outbreaks so when i if i eventually want to release this book to the direct market and by that, I mean comic book stores. Uh, I still can. I can still take the whole book to image and say, hey, do you want to print this? And and they might do. So that's something exciting because for me, honestly, image is my favorite comic book company. You know, as I said, I'm, I'm atomic ball and nut. I respect the man so much. Um, and I really respect what those guys did back in the 90s of, you know, they were being mistreated by the big two and they kind of just you know, put their middle finger up with them and said, our books are selling millions. We're not getting the lion's share. We're leaving. And they went off and they became millionaires overnight because they were absolutely right in their assumption of how they were being treated. So I love those guys. And I still think Image is the best deal in comics today. Like, hey, you get to own 100% of your IP. There's a, there's a minimal fee to get your book printed if it's approved. Uh, and, you know, your success is up to you. You know, image doesn't really do much marketing or anything like that. That's all down to you as well. But what a great deal to be like, we will get you in comic book stores with our banner on your comic, which is a known brand. You know, people trust the image eye. Uh, it's up to you, though. You know, it, it's it's down to the quality of your work. You've got to gamble on yourself. And I agree with that. Like, I look at people like Robert Kirkman and, and the filmmaker Kevin Smith. Those two guys took out credit cards to fund and gamble on themselves, right? Kevin Smith took out a bunch of credit cards to fund Clerks. Robert Kirkman took out a bunch of credit cards to fund Battle Pope and, and The Walking Dead and stuff like that. Um, and it paid off. Like, I, And I, I respect those guys so much. Look, I'm not recommending people do that. You know, make sure you really do think that you can you can make it. I, I've never done that because I, I have a deep fear of debt. But I'm just saying I really respect people that take a gamble on themselves. And I'm starting to learn to gamble on myself. So that's why I went with Zoop. That's why I went with crowdfunding. I, I'm taking, instead of waiting for higher-ups at a company to tell me what to do, I'm going to tell myself what to do. Yeah, I got to agree with you, especially on um, the, the founding of Image Comics and uh, the work they did back in then. And yeah, it's really great that it looks like between the devil and deep blue sea is going to happen. I think it sounds like, well, personally, I hope that getting it adapted works out for you as well, because that sounds like it would make an excellent film or like TV miniseries someday. Yeah. Thank you so much. I would love someone like Mike Flanagan to do it. He's like my favorite horror creator right now. Uh, oh I'll, yeah. I, I, love I, did the, I did the cover today. I'm sending it to your Twitter right now. It's not really fun for your listeners, but 
you can see the cover fully done right now on your Twitter. Thank you. Yeah, I am very interested to see this book. The whole, like, stuck, losing power, just to bring back that word dread from when we mm. talked about the zombies, you know, just like, sounds like a very good horror premise to me. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, like I said, it's a love letter to everything I love. I love the movie The Thing. I love the video games Resident Evil. I love The Exorcist. I love Haunting of Hill House. There's so much horror that I, I truly love because it scared the crap out of me. And and Jaws. So I, I just wanted to somehow combine all of those fears into one story. And I feel like I've I've, I've been able to do that with this project. That's good to hear. And if the preview material is anything to go off i think that it looks like it's going to be successful um with that said we've talked a bit about both of those books was there anything we haven't already hit on that you would like to talk about whether that be more projects to promote or just like any other aspects or influences of these books or really just this is me giving you the floor for anything that you would like to cover that we haven't already touched on um i'll say if you head to my website speechcomics.com and that's speechcomics.com you can read the first chapter of dead eye dick absolutely for free um i decided to upload that short story to give people a taste of what outbreaks is like so you you can go on the website, you can read the first, I think it's a six or seven page story. Read that for free. Uh, if you'd like to be notified when the Kickstarter launches, uh, it, wait, is this coming out, this episode coming out when the Kickstarter is already live in September? Um, the episode should be up uh, next Monday. So um, ahead of time before it launches. Okay. So right now I don't have a pre-launch page on Kickstarter because... Uh, I had some printer delays with the first issue. So I'm actually, my wife is currently downstairs fulfilling all the orders for, for issue one. Uh, so we can get this pre-launch page up. Cause if you're on Kickstarter and you haven't sent out your packages yet, you can't launch another Kickstarter, which is totally fair. Um, so I don't have a pre-launch page currently, but if you want to be known when this book is coming out, go to speechcomics.com and sign up for my newsletter. I don't, I'm not the type of person that sends you an email every week. I have no interest in doing that because I freaking hate that myself. All I use that for is to say the book is launched. So th that's what you get from that newsletter. So go to speechcomics.com and sign up for the newsletter. That's where you'll get that. In terms of other work, uh, I'm currently also drawing a short story for the 50th anniversary of Howard the Duck at Marvel Comics, which I think is out in November. So you can see me in mainstream comics there. Yeah, even if the um Kickstarter pre-page isn't up when the episode goes up, I will still at least include some more links in the episode description um, so that anyone that's interested is able to use those to check out some of your stuff that's already up. I'll make sure to link the uh, Speech Comics site as well as some more of your stuff. Howard sounds fun. That sounds great. We've enjoyed what we've read of you from the larger comics companies in the past as well. I think my first time encountering your work was probably Great Lakes Avengers, which I thought was yeah. very fun. But as fun as all of that is, there is also just something especially exciting about, you know, image comic style, creator rights, keeping the IP all of that sort of just like seeing you get to do your own projects and retain control over them. And I'm happy for you that you've been able to do that. And the outbreak seems to be off to such a good start. And I think I speak for both of us when I say I wish you good luck on the continued funding of all of these comics we've talked about today as well as any and all future projects that you do. Well, thank you so much. I mean, that, that honestly means the world to me. Like, um, it's funny you mentioned Great Lakes Avengers. I mean, that, that was the first series that Marvel gave me because I I got a job there 
just doing a quick filler in on, on Star Lord, and that got me in the door. And then after I did Star Lord, I just emailed every single editor at Marvel, like, hey, I'm a comic book, I'm Will Robson, Marvel comic book artist, and I'm looking for my next projects. And lucky I landed that series. But the thing is, is when I started out, I was, I was not, I don't think I was a good enough artist really to be working in comics yet. And I was too nervous to put solid inks and solid blacks into my work and any shadowing. So, you know, I wanted to be Greg Capullo when I, when I started drawing art because I loved his work on Batman and Spawn, but I, I didn't, I didn't have the courage to put the level of shading that Greg Capullo puts in his work. So if you take Greg Capullo's cartoony work and you remove the shading, you get really sort of Looney Tunes looking stuff. So Marvel just assumed that I'm a comedy guy, right? Like I love drawing silly comedy characters, which was never my goal. You know, I was like, I want to draw a freaking Daredevil. But uh, so Marvel, I think kind of still sees me as that comedy guy, even though I've been branching out. Now over at DC, I got to draw Batman and stuff like that and do more darker, serious stuff. But Marvel seems to always be like, hey, do you want to draw Howard the Duck or do you want to draw Spider-Ham? And look, I love doing that stuff. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say no to them. They're freaking Marvel Comics. How could you say no when Marvel Comics emails you? It's exciting. I feel I feel like Stan Lee is emailing me when that happens. But um, the true stuff that I want to be doing and the true art I feel like I'm producing right now is all my creator-owned stuff. So like that cover I just sent to you, like that's the level of art I want to do with, with shading, design, uh dynamics and not comedy essentially so yeah again thank you so much guys that was that was very all the all of what you said has put me in a great mood tonight so thank you very much you're welcome no thank you for coming on yeah anytime yeah thank you again um listeners follow will on everything that's at robson inc on twitter or i guess technically x now um, I'll, like I said, include various links in the description to speech comics and keep your eyes peeled for the outbreaks issue to Kickstarter starting up here soon, um, in September. Thank you again, Will, for being here. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you all next week. Bye. Thank you so much. Have a good one, everybody. Excellent to each other.